Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokets and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Thursday, September 29, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome, welcome to the banks of the Willamette River. We are live and direct from beautiful, legal potland, Oregon, where it's pretty nice outside, but it's got that uh, bite of fall, that little crisp fall air starting to descend on the City of Roses. And uh, speaking of this city, coming up on Saturday, October 1st, we mark our first year, our, our one-year anniversary of legal marijuana sales to people who aren't sick uh, here in this state. And so there's a lot of retrospects going on here, retrospectives going on here in Portland. Noel Crombie, the beat reporter at The Oregonian, who covers marijuana issues, uh, interviewed me a while back about my thoughts on the one-year anniversary, and those will be appearing in a story of hers. I think it's out on in the Sunday paper, but I'm not sure when it's coming out. Uh, should be out in the next few days regarding uh, the one-year anniversary. So we'll get Noelle's uh, story on that, and I should have some nice quotes embedded within. Uh, speaking of that uh, one-year anniversary of legal marijuana sales, we're also starting to get some of the data in on those marijuana sales. And coming up in our drug board data mining segment today, we take a look at a report from BDS Analytics on Oregon's cannabis industry trends, including uh, what proportion flour makes up compared to other products like extracts and edibles, what is our average retail price here in Oregon, and how much can we expect the market to grow. That's all coming up in drug war data mining. Coming up right after that, in our interview segment, half past the hour, we've got our bi-monthly visit with Jorge Cervantes, the uh, legendary cannabis grower from MarijuanaGrowing.com. We'll be talking to Jorge. He's making his way down to uh, California, so he's going to uh, be talking to us by cell phone in his car. But we'll be talking to Jorge and taking your live calls on the uh, questions you might have about marijuana growing. So check that out coming up at half past in our Cultivator's Corner. At the end of the first hour today, we'll have time for a radical rant, and I'm taking a look at a new phenomenon, Breitbart News. I don't know if you know these guys. They're kind of a right-wing Drudge Report, Fox News kind of a website. Breitbart News is running with the new uh, reefer madness fear out there that I like to call uh, Tatum's Terrorist Tokers. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that, how the fear-mongering surrounding marijuana use and the spate of terrorist activities and mass shootings we've had in this country, how they're trying to tie those two things together. So we'll cover that in the rant. Also on the show today and behind the headlines, we're going to take a look uh, deeper at a headline story we'll bring you in the news about Hillary Clinton's daughter, Chelsea Clinton, who uh, made a quite a gaffe when it comes to discussing marijuana policy and how that is hurting Hillary Clinton's candidacy, particularly in swing states with millennial voters. New York Magazine is also taking a look at it, asking how weed could actually solve 
Hillary's millennial problems. I don't know about that, but we'll take a look at it. That all comes after the Cannabis Radio News and in the headlines today, the aforementioned gaffe by Hillary Clinton will get some play. We also get an update in Hawaii where we got some deadlines on or some timelines on when they'll get their first dispensaries open. Oakland, California is deadlocked on a plan for licensing that's raising a few eyebrows. We've got a study on how the Bible affects people's support for marijuana legalization and California nurses standing behind Prop 64. That's all coming up in Hour 1 and then stay tuned for Hour 2 Toker Talk Radio, where you are the voice of the marijuana nation, and we take your calls live at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. Stay tuned. The news is next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old mountain smells. And it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you knew it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on. CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. 
This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, September 29th, 2016. Hillary Clinton's daughter, Chelsea, has hit the campaign trail to shore up her support among millennials, but may have lost support with a gaffe on marijuana policy. At Youngstown State University in Ohio, an important swing state where Secretary Clinton trails Donald Trump, Chelsea Clinton was asked by a student about Hillary Clinton's stance on rescheduling cannabis to facilitate more scientific research. Chelsea Clinton responded that her mother supports research and regulatory reform, but then added this observation that marijuana-savvy millennials know to be false. But we also have anecdotal evidence now from Colorado where some of the people who were um, taking uh, marijuana for those purposes, um, the coroner uh, believes after they died there was drug interactions. A spokesperson for Clinton has walked back the comments, telling the Washington Post in a statement that, quote, Chelsea misspoke about marijuana's interaction with other drugs contributing to specific deaths, end quote. One of Hawaii's eight licensed medical marijuana dispensaries says it plans to begin selling its products by early next year. The Maui News reports Maui Wellness Group LLC spokeswoman Terry Friedis Gorman says the business is in its final phase of permitting and will begin cultivating as soon as it receives final approval by the State Department of Health. She says she's not sure when that will happen. The business has 11 employees but plans to have as many as 30 when cultivation begins to handle processing, packaging, selling, and security. The group will grow marijuana on about seven acres of privately owned agricultural land in central Maui. The state's eight licensed dispensaries have been able to open for business since July, but none have made the move. The Oakland City Council has deadlocked on a controversial plan to cut the city in on all commercial marijuana operations, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. The plan by council members Delcy Brooks, Larry Reed, and Noel Gallo would require all pot businesses and anyone who leases property to a pot business to give 25% of their profit and at least one seat on their board of directors to the city in exchange for permits to operate. Money reaped from the arrangement would fund council district activities, loans for aspiring entrepreneurs, community beautification, and three job training programs run by politically connected people. The plan would also restrict cannabis operating permits to people who have lived in Oakland for at least five years. Opponents say the plan would choke off the city's pot trade. Supporters claim it would generate vital revenue for the city and allow city officials to impose racial equity on the multi-billion dollar industry, given that most its top players are white. A study in the International Journal of Law, Crime, and Justice finds that religious people who believe the Bible is the literal word of God are less likely to support marijuana legalization. Biblical literalists were 58% less likely to support legalization compared to religious folks who interpret the Bible as moral fables not to be taken literally. Frequency of church attendance also correlated to greater opposition to legalization, but how deeply held one's religious beliefs were did not predict opposition to legalization. Ironically, for the biblical literalists, page one of the Bible contains the command from God that says, quote, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat, end quote. The California Nurses Association, National Nurses United, the nation's largest state organization of nurses, announced today that it has endorsed Proposition 64, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, which will be on the California ballot in November. Quote, 
California nurses believe strongly that the prohibition and criminalization of marijuana has ruined generations of lives, wasted hundreds of millions of taxpayers' dollars, and failed to protect the public health and safety, end quote, said Deborah Berger, president of California Nurses Association NNU. The California Medical Association and the California Academy of Preventative Medicine have already endorsed Proposition 64. Other endorsers include California League of Conservation Voters, California Council of Land Trusts, California State NAACP, California Democratic Party, Courage Campaign, Equality California, and Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, September 29th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you, and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch. And the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the cannabis liberation movement takes a huge step forward. And Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the cannabis crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. What would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? Okay, maybe you're high too. Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we want to take a look at the presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton, who once was riding high in the polls in August uh, with a commanding lead over Donald Trump, but now has seen the gap narrowing and uh, has only herself to blame, if you ask me. But uh, one of the things that's scary about this is taking a look at how some of the swing states that were strongly in Clinton's favor have moved quite a bit. Uh, From July through August, if you took a look at Colorado's polls. Now, Colorado is what they call a purple state. 
could go Republican, could go Democrat. Not quite sure. Over the summer, all these polls were showing double-digit leads. Monmouth, Fox, NBC News, Quinnipiac, Colorado, picking Clinton over Trump by double digits. Easily, right? And this has been part of the strategy. You know, uh, she just needs to basically capture the same states that Obama captured, and uh, she becomes the president. The problem, though, is the poll that just came out after this debate, CNN ORC, just released a Colorado poll that shows that she's narrowly uh, trailing Donald Trump. Uh, Trump's up by one in the CNN Orc poll, and CBS News YouGov has Clinton up by one. So here she is struggling to win Colorado, a state that was double digits in her lead, and a big portion of that problem has to do with young voters. It's the crosstabs when you start looking deep into this poll. If they ask the people in a two-party race who they're going to choose, Clinton or Trump, well, she comes out 50 to 45. She got a five-point lead that way. But if you put this among likely voters in a four-way race, you throw in Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, Clinton loses five points. And the reason, or at least one of them, 30% of voters under 45 picked a third-party candidate. 30% of them. 24% being, that is one out of four almost, are picking Gary Johnson. 24% in Colorado, which is not enough for him to win Colorado, but it's certainly enough for Hillary Clinton to lose Colorado to Donald Trump. This has been found in a number of polls where people have looked at the millennials and who they're choosing, and they're increasingly turned off by Trump and Clinton, and they are turning to the third party. They're turning to Gary Johnson. So what is it that you... Uh, what do you do if you're the Clinton campaign and you've got this millennial problem? Why, you send your daughter out, Chelsea Clinton. You send her out to talk to the young people. And then when they ask her about one of the subjects that young people are always asking about, and this is not like a surprise, every election year you've got younger college-age people asking you about marijuana legalization or medical marijuana she gets asked a question about, does she, does her mother support rescheduling, more science, more study? Yes, yes, of course she does, but... But we also have anecdotal evidence now from Colorado where some of the people who were um, taking uh, marijuana for those purposes, um, the coroner uh, believes after they died there was drug interactions. Now, she got soundly criticized for that, and millennials noticed quite easily they, they're not stupid they've they've been following the marijuana issue and they know no one's died from it so you immediately lose some of that possible support you were trying to gain by issuing this terrible gaffe you might as well have uh, had chelsea gone out there and told the millennials that uh hipster mustaches suck and <laughs> you know and uh and uh, uh downloading music is immoral right I, you really want to bring the millennials over to your side right so get on board hillary with marijuana legalization. These young folks that are switching over to Gary Johnson, it's not because he's against free public college that he wants to repeal Obamacare that gives you insurance that he thinks Citizens United is a good thing. No, they're jumping to him because A, he's not an establishment candidate and B, he supports legalizing marijuana. Now, there's nothing you can do, Hillary, about being an establishment candidate 
But you could come out in favor of marijuana legalization and get in front of an issue for once and actually lead for once. And you might see some millennials turn your way. Oh, Piggy can run. (laughs) I don't expect her to do it. But Hillary Clinton needs to start asking herself whether uh, all those donations from the pharmaceutical industry, the private prison industry, keeping those promises to keep marijuana illegal are worth not being elected because she can't get the millennial vote. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Who's your favorite foreign leader? I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment. I'm having a brain. Well, name anybody. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Today in the data mines, we have new data from BDS Analytics, and they have released their uh, report on the first six months of the Oregon cannabis market. And it's an interesting report here. It gives us some uh, sales figures, some price points, and uh, some comparisons of products here. 
What we find is that our market has doubled over the past six months from month to month. We sold $12.5 million in retail cannabis products in January. That number was $24.9 million in June. So we've just about doubled it, according to BDS Analytics. An interesting part of the doubling of the sales has to do with the graduated rollout of what we were allowed to purchase. In January, when the uh, purchases were allowed, we could only buy a quarter ounce of flour and no other products. In June, they modified it so that we could buy concentrates and edibles. So previously, just flour and pre-rolls, you know, pre-rolled joints. And then June, we added concentrates and edibles. The flour sales have been growing at a monthly rate of 15% a month. Pre-rolls have grown at 23% a month. Combined, those two flour products were $21 million in May. That was the last month where there was no concentrates or extracts sold. But once we added concentrates, edibles, extracts, we started to see those gaining a significant share of the market. They came to $6.2 million out of the $24.9 million sold in June. So that's a 24% share. Flower fell from the 85% share that it held in May to a 62% share in June. Pre-rolls dropped from 10% to 7%. That's not to say they are selling less flour in pre-rolls. It's just to say that the share that they make up compared to the edibles and the extracts have gone down. This is something we've seen in the other legal states. In two years of Washington sales, we got we went from flour being 87% of the, sh- of the uh, products to 61% of the products sold. But the difference would be is that took Washington state two years before that kind of leveled out, before we found flour to decrease to being less than two-thirds of all sales. In Oregon, that happened immediately. We immediately got concentrates and edibles, and we dropped down to 62%. So kind of an interesting thing happening there. But this has not affected the continued uh, sales of flour. And most specifically, now there was a a decrease uh, in total flour sales from May to June. But the June numbers for flour pretty much match the April numbers for flour. So we can expect that to continue to increase. The new additions of concentrates and edibles and topicals didn't affect the price of flour, though. And for those of you listening out in the East Coast or in the Midwest, just hold on, you know, sit down before I mention this. The average retail selling price for marijuana flour in the state of Oregon for the first six months is $9.33 a gram. $9.33 a gram for marijuana here in Oregon. Uh, you work the math out on that, it's about $150 an ounce. So for my, uh, for my debate opponents that I'll be facing off on Wednesday at the uh, State House in Sacramento who, uh, who think Prop 215 is perfect and California medical is all you really need and why legalize, I just ask you what you're paying per gram for your weed. How much can you get an ounce for? Because here in the legal Pacific Northwest, I can get an ounce for 150 bucks in Oregon and Washington under legalization with taxes. So uh, I'll be bringing that up for sure. 
In Oregon, we've got uh, more than 50 brands in our concentrates category. We've got more than 90 brands in our edibles category. And the top 10 concentrate brands, the top 10 out of 50 or more, average sales were $240,000 each and accounted for 56% of concentrate dollars. Uh, So concentrates uh, make up $4.3 million of the June retail sales. And of those concentrates, about half of that, $2.3 million, is pre-filled cartridges. The rest, oil, shatter, and live resin, making up less than about a million dollars all combined. The edible sales work out about $1.6 million, with candy and chocolates being the biggest categories there. And for the people that uh, get that uh, information, they uh, they often bring this up as if uh, it's a problem. You know, Kevin Sabet and those people are saying this isn't about criminal justice or racial justice. It's they want to sell all those edibles to our kids. They want to sell our edibles to their kids. It's not about smoking weed. Well, part of the reason why the edibles and the concentrates, especially the pre-filled stuff, uh, sell so well is the convenience of it. Sure, people could buy some flour and take it home and decarboxylate it and uh, make some butter with it and then use the butter to make some cookies with it and stink up their kitchen and take up a lot of time. Or they can just go to the uh, dispensary and get what they want to get and uh, not have to deal with all that hassle. So uh, that's the uh, that's the reason we're seeing these sales figures of, you know, 25 uh, percent of these retail sales are being these sorts of products. Also, among the people who are long term cannabis consumers who've been doing this for years and years and years, I've got a hookup or maybe growing their own. They're not buying flour in the shops. That's for the tourists. That's for the occasional user. That's for the every now and then guy. We've got our hookup. We've got our grow. We've already gotten that taken care of. It's the edibles and the tinctures and stuff we want. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Jorge Cervantes is on with us in Cultivator's Corner. Your live calls at 650-LEGAL-MJ. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? Cannabisradio.com Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. What can Arizona learn from Colorado? We can tightly regulate and tax the sale of marijuana. According to the Colorado State Government, marijuana use among high school students has not increased since legalization. At the same time, Colorado is generating millions in new tax dollars for public schools. Here in Arizona, we finally have a choice. We can vote yes on Prop 205 and provide $55 million to our public schools every year. Let's vote yes on Prop 205. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Woo! 
Okay. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. They say marijuana grows like a weed, but growing high-quality marijuana takes more than just throwing a seed in the ground. Join us as we speak with the most recognized cannabis horticulturists in the world and take your live grow questions in our Cultivator's Corner. All right, welcome back, everyone, to our Cultivator's Corner. Joining us by telephone, we've got Jorge Cervantes on the line. Jorge, how you doing? Real good, Russ. It's great to be here. Where are you? I'm actually, um, I'm up in, in uh, Redding, California. I thought I'd be able to make it all the way to Weed, California, <laughs> be, uh, and I'm on my way uh, before the show. But anyway, yeah, I'm on my way up to uh, Oregon. Right on. So I, gonna, I would have loved to have talked to you live videos. from Weed. That would have been pretty cool. So you're coming up here to Oregon. <laughs> it's Croptober is happening. Harvests are happening. And we got questions that are building up in our chat room and plus our live call line is open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. And uh, so what's happening up in Oregon for you? Well, I've got some, a family event to go to. And then also I'm going to go back to uh, southern Oregon and take a lot of video of the harvest that's going on now. Yeah, it's it's amazing down there in southern Oregon. I've seen, you know, fifteen foot, twenty foot plants, you know, five pound yield. It's it's remarkable what they do down there. Uh, yeah, actually, they're doing better than that. Uh, they were saying they had up to fifteen pounds uh, two years ago. Oh. That was a great year to grow. And uh, this year, I'm I'm hoping to see. I mean, I'm sure I'll see lots and lots of ten pound plants. Yeah, they're I, huge down there. It's yeah, amazing. It's just it's just amazing. And and uh, part of what uh, kind of developed that was Oregon's initial you know medical marijuana law and and you know setting a plant limit. And so everybody said, oh well, we can only have this many plants. We better make them as big as we can. And boy, they sure did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. It was it was really good because I remember years ago we were growing five pound plants, and that we thought that was the limit. But all they had to do was give us another goal, and of course, we're going to meet it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Now, we've got a a question from our uh, chat room, a couple of them building up here. One that asks about, uh, well, you know, everybody knows you from your grow books and your grow videos, but they want to know if you're going to be getting involved in the grow market legally as either a licensed grower or maybe one of the pick and shovel guys selling, you know, tools and and accessories and stuff. What What are your plans to grow your business as marijuana becomes? legal well you know it's it's kind of funny i that that's a real good question russ and it, it's something i i 
I fight with all the time. It's, I, I'm pretty burned out, you know. I mean, I've been at this <laughs> 33 years publicly. And so, uh, and I've, I've always worked on my own and, and stuff. So now I've got a couple of opportunities. I don't know. We'll just see how everything works out. One's with a uh, seed company and the other's with uh, doing some cultivation stuff. So we'll see how it works out, but it's, it's really a bit early to tell. Um, to be honest, I could go either way. <laughs> you know, uh, Jorge, we could go. Either... We could go really old school, and you could sell the Jorge Cervantes Halloween disguise costume. You go back to the old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I, I, actually, some people have got, come as me for Halloween or oh, that... gone as me to the yeah. That's amazing. That's pretty interesting. Uh, another so, question here, yeah. since you're uh, talking to us from California, our listeners wanted to know, uh, they've read a lot about there being drought over the past few years in California. Is that still the case? Is it affecting the harvest and the crops? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's not affecting the harvest as much, but uh, there is a drought going on now, and there has been for some years. Uh, where I live in Sonoma, California, uh, we're hoping for a little bit of rain on Sunday, but most all of that rain stays, uh, well, basically north of, uh, in, in a long ways north in California. So, uh, yeah, I've definitely seen big problems. Uh, but like I say, it's just, it costs more water. It's more work. I haven't seen it really cut the crop per se. So we could still get uh, quality uh, buds out of this harvest, just maybe not as many, and they cost more? Well, no, I don't know if they'll cost more because everybody's growing a lot of cannabis now. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Uh, People are really doubling down on their crops, uh, growing two, three times, four times as much as as the year before. Because what everybody's concerned about is is, uh, when the law passes and we have... some really stiff regulations to deal with, uh, we're going to have to conform here in California. And I think people are looking at this year and next year as the last years that it's going to be kind of a um, free-for-all. Yeah, yeah, and there's <laughs> so going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of upheaval in some of those northern uh, California economies as well as they try to adjust to this. Everything's going to change like night and day. Uh, it's a pretty rough one now. In fact, I'm, I'm going to present a seminar at the uh, Canna Expo Grow in uh, let's see, at the end of this or end of end of October in Denver. And one of the things I started thinking about for the for the seminar was how much how much does it cost to grow in indoors, outdoors, and uh, in a greenhouse? And it is amazing. It's like three times, maybe four times, depends on you know some a few things, but uh, to grow indoors as it is to grow in a greenhouse or outdoors. So we're going to see all kinds of people growing outdoors and in greenhouses. And then after that, we're also going to see, they're going to start using tractors and and farm implements, and they're going to have to start growing on flat land because Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many uh, grow growth situations I've been in or growth that I've been at. And it takes you a half hour on a dirt road to get there. And that's not real efficient, you know? So we're going to see a lot of big changes and it's going to be good and bad. There's going to be winners and losers. No kidding. It happens in just about every uh, major 
technological or regulatory change, we see that sort of effect. We're speaking with Jorge Cervantes. Our phone line is open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. If you've got a question for one of the most legendary cannabis cultivators out there, and we've got one from our chat room, Jorge. He's asking, or he's saying that he recently started using neem oil and is having really good results with it. What can you say about neem oil and how often to apply it and when should you stop using it? Well, neem oil is really good stuff. Um, actually, there's there's several neem products. There's, there's what well, you can get, neem soap, for example, neem toothbrush or uh, toothpaste and whatnot. But you can also get it uh, in oil form and, and in a concentrate and then... Let's see, I forget exactly how it works with the Azimax. There's also another product called Azimax that's a, a real heavy-duty concentrate of the neem. Uh, but, but it, gosh, it, it's broad spectrum. It'll kill everything, so you got to remember that. And it's a little heavy. It leaves a little bit of a film on the, on the leaves. So I wouldn't use it too close to harvest. And then uh, you can use it like, you know, a month. A month, maybe a couple of weeks before harvest, but that's gotten a little close. And then after you use it, or when you harvest, just rinse your uh, buds off, your harvested buds off, in uh, water that's had some H2O2, hydrogen peroxide, added to it. And that'll rinse everything off and take any residuals away. So you can use it really... You can use it up till harvest, but I don't know. I still have a kind of a weird feeling about that. All right. Great question. And I uh, know a lot of people are asking that one and trying to uh, take care of pest management and mold and mildew and all the other terrible things that can happen. Uh, at this point, as we're reaching the harvest season, uh, are there... Are there things that can't be fixed? Like you get to your crop, it's time to harvest, and you're just going to have to destroy it because there's no saving it. What are the what are the big crop killers? <laughs> oh, the biggest one that some people get really, really bad is powdery mildew. And once that takes over your plant, a lot of times, you know, um, people will still consume it with powdery mildew on it. They'll just wash off everything on the outside. But... Um, you know, that's really not a good idea to consume tainted cannabis like that, uh, especially if you have any any type of um, respiratory problems. Uh, so that's probably the biggest one, and I've seen it kill entire crops. Then bud mold is also big, but that you can cut out. You can just cut that right out of the bud. And then other things like, well, usually it happens earlier in the year, when there's less water around, the, the rodents will come in and girdle, girdle the plant. And, you know, there's no turning back from that one. Mm. Um, also, and, and here's something that's really important, especially now during harvest time. Because, like, uh, last night it dipped down to, like, 45 degrees in, in Sonoma. And that's pretty cool. So if people go and start watering their plants a lot, and especially late in the day, and it and it it they don't need so much water. Well, that water will stay in there, and it'll start to uh, uh, drown the roots. And when the roots drown, they rot. So when they start rotting, um, a fungus starts. So that's the other thing: be real careful with watering, especially overwatering late in the day. Now, yeah, that's that's 
Yeah, those are the three biggest things, I think. All right. Great advice. And of course, folks, you can find more of this great advice at Jorge's website, MarijuanaGrowing.com, or his YouTube channel, where there's some great videos out. And you can get the uh, Cannabis Encyclopedia, which is an amazing tome of uh, a wealth of of cannabis cultivation knowledge. Uh, Any uh, appearances or places that you'd like to mention as far as people getting a book or or an autograph? Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Well, as far as getting a book, you know, most people buy it on Amazon because it's a $50 book, and the thing's huge, you know, the, the Cannabis Encyclopedia I'm referring to. And uh, so it's, since it's a $50 book, Amazon ca- discounts everything down, and they discounted it down to 35 so it's a fair deal there. And a lot of the, some of the growth stores won't, or a lot of the growth stores are still apprehensive to carry grow books or marijuana books, and some of the dispensaries do. So, and then, but I'll tell you, all of the, all of the bookstores carry it. Except there's one big problem is usually they don't order enough and it's, it's not in stock. Hmm. So that's why I say to, say go to Amazon. All right. Uh, we got a, a chatter here wants to know, how about an autograph copy? You got some events coming up where they can uh, stop by and get your autograph on it? Uh, yeah, I'll be, like I said, in Denver. Let's see. Let me, I've got my, that file open, my travel file. Um, yeah, I'll be in Denver. Oh, I guess I closed it. Uh, at the end of this month, and then I'll be at uh, the big fair in um, Santa Rosa, the, the Emerald Cup, in December. And then I think I'm going to go to that business show in Las Vegas in November. Yeah. All, all yeah. right. And then also you can, you can order autographed copies off the website. Oh. And you should do that before before December because I go back to Spain then. <laughs> All right. Make sure you get that done as soon as possible. It makes a great Christmas gift. Jorge Cervantes, MarijuanaGrowing.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Okay. Thank you so much, Russ. You're welcome. Glad, glad to be here. All right, folks. Stay tuned. We've got more coming up. Radical rant on how Breitbart and others are trying to convince you that marijuana causes terrorism. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzy Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means 
that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. But we also have anecdotal evidence now from Colorado where some of the people who were um, taking uh, marijuana for those purposes, um, the coroner uh, believes after they died there was drug interactions. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. One of the more insidious and reprehensible attacks we face on marijuana legalization from our opponents is the attempt to tie the latest school shooting or mall shooting or terrorist activity to the marijuana consumption revealed by the perpetrator of said heinous acts. The most recent one, of course, would be the uh, mall shooting up in Washington State, up there in Burlington, where 20-year-old Seton, what's his name? Uh, Seton, Arsan Seton, I think's his name, uh, shot and killed five people there in Washington State in a shopping mall. Now, we have heard this Toking causes terrorism angle taken before. Uh, the person who perpetrated this uh, most in my mind, or at least to my attention, is Christine Tatum, a uh, writer, journalist, I guess, in Denver, who is married to Dr. Christian Thurstone. He's the head of a Denver area teen drug rehab center and, of course, a supporter of Project Sam. In fact, one of the founding board members. So Tatum and her husband, you know, Christine and Christian, uh, they have been longtime reefer madness advocates and opponents of uh, Amendment 64 in Colorado who claim that Colorado's gone to hell since there's been marijuana legalization. Tatum brought up the connection to terrorism when the Boston Marathon bombing happened, and it was re- Revealed that the Sarnayev brothers, or Sarnayev, the one that lived, I guess, uh, was a frequent marijuana consumer. And so she decides that that connection means that it was marijuana. Marijuana makes people go psycho, makes them uh, pick up an axe and kill people, makes them bomb people, makes them shoot people. Marijuana drove them to madness. Now, it's silly on its face. I mean, it's something that, you know, harkens back to 1936 reefer madness. The idea that, you know, uh, 
one toke and he was captivated by the spell and became murderous. And, you know, it's the same sort of stuff that they ginned up against uh, blacks and Mexicans back in the 30s and 40s, even before that, to scare people about the effects of drugs. Not the white folks, of course. White folks can take drugs. Everything's fine. Uh, it's the same sort of attitude, except now it's being used not against particularly or specifically blacks and Latinos, but it works out that way based on the way our system tends to arrest people for marijuana. But now it's just against the concept of marijuana legalization itself, against the plant itself and those of us who support it. So she began this, uh, Tatum began this back, what was Boston, 2013? There have been a few, other that, a few others that have taken this up. Most recently, I've seen the group Pop Pot. They call them Pop Pot, Pop Pot, P-O-P-P-O-T, Pop Pot, Pop Pot.org. Pop stands for Parents Opposed to Pot. So the full name of the group is Parents Opposed to Pop Pot. <laughs> anyway, these people, these Puritans, uh, also have rung the bell about school shooters, and then they list a bunch of them, you know, the... Harris and Klebold going back to Columbine and every guy since then that they can find that smokes marijuana. They bring that up and say, aha, you see, marijuana causes terrorism, causes violence, causes unpredictable, chaotic, manic behavior. Never mind that they don't bother to include all the people that commit shootings and heinous acts and crimes that don't have a history of marijuana. Never mind that they don't see a more correlative drug in these cases being SSRIs, antidepressants, drugs that the FDA themselves will tell you can cause anger, irritability, and suicidal ideation. No, no, it's the pot. It's got to be the pot, they say. Well, the latest example of this and why I bring this rant up today comes from Breitbart News. And news I put in scare quotes because it's Breitbart. Now, some of my chatters out there when I, when I was teasing this, they didn't know what Breitbart was. Well, Andrew Breitbart was one of these right-wing muckrakers. Uh, he's, he's dead now, but his legacy lives on in this website called Breitbart. And it's kind of the, you know, I don't know, Drudge Report, Fox News, that, you know. If you took Fox News and you added a, a dash of Alex Jones, right, you'd get yourself into the Breitbart area. So Breitbart has this story out today, and the headline is a masterpiece of implied reefer madness. They get away with writing this in such a way that the reader can say, can interpret it to mean what they want it to mean without them getting caught or called out for directly saying it. In politics, they call this dog whistling. Okay, So this, is, this isn't exactly a dog whistle. This is more of a grammatical misdirection. Here's the headline. The headline from Breitbart is, from police, Cascade Mall Shooter Arkan Seton blamed cannabis for his behavior. Oh, my God. You read that headline, that the mall shooter blames cannabis for his behavior. He went to the mall, he shot people up, and then he told police pot made him do it. My God, man, how much more proof do you need? Christine Tatum must be thinking. The killer himself blamed marijuana, caused the terrorism, blamed cannabis for his behavior. You read that headline, you get that tweet coming across your feed, and you're like, yeah, huh? There you go. See? Pothead's going to be terrorist. Well, 
Problem is, <laughs> you dig a little deeper into this, you actually read the thing. Here's the, uh, the lead paragraph. The Associated Press published more details about alleged Cascade Mall shooter Arkan Sutton on Wednesday, including the assertion that cannabis use was the cause of his prior brushes with the law. Oh, okay. So headline leads in with, oh, mall shooter blames that on marijuana. No, the mall shooter blamed his past brushes with the law. The other times he's been busted and put on probation and all the things he had to go through. And, and it's pretty bad stuff that he did. I mean, he's, he's you know, assault, assault charges and, and other problems that he's got. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the little misdirection they give you. Let, let the headline lead you into thinking that he's blaming pot for the shooting. When, in fact, he was blaming pot for things that had happened in the past. Also, it's also uh, interesting to note that the Associated Press details the fact that he was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, anxiety disorder, and depression. Oh, okay. Guy's got PTSD, ADHD, anxiety, and depression. But it's the pot that led him to be... The murderous terrorist type, right? That's the problem. It's the pot. They bring up uh, other stories about how this guy uh, or other reports of how he attempted suicide in the past. He uh, made unwanted sexual advances at girls in class. Uh, He overdosed on his prescription drugs several times. But it's the pot that's the problem here. It's just amazing to me. Well, I guess it's not amazing after all these years of covering it, how quickly the people who are bigoted and prejudiced against marijuana and its consumers can draw the most species of correlations to try to back. And they're getting even more and more desperate as time goes on, because year after year, as legalization doesn't make the sky fall, their most cherished talking points are withering on the vine. They can't really make that talking point anymore about, well, there'll never be any tax revenue. For every $1 we spend in alcohol, we get in alcohol and tobacco taxes. Uh, there's $10 in costs. That doesn't work anymore because we've made $100 million in marijuana taxes and nobody can point out a billion dollars in costs. That lie has been exposed. The lie about the lack of IQ points, the loss of IQ points, it's been exposed. The gateway drug theory that it's going to somehow lead you to dangerous drugs has been exposed the idea that it's some sort of dangerous drug that can't be controlled is now thought of as something that's not only just safer than alcohol safer than tobacco but people think it's safer than sugar so we're going to continue to see more of these desperate desperate measures from our opponents but there's just something reprehensible about trying to tie the latest tragedy to marijuana smoking That's all the time we got for our first hour, but stey tuned. Hour two is next. Toker Talk Radio. We're going to bring up the Brangelina breakup and how Brad Pitt's being forced to piss for his kids and some data on drug testing. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. 
Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tell. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonza Graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everyone. Time for Toker Talk Radio, where you are the voice of the marijuana nation. Our phone line is open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. Got any questions, comments, suggestions, topics, just let me know, and we'll chat about it on Toker Talk Radio. Beautiful day here, live in... Hotland, Oregon. I'm uh, just a few days away from October, where I've got three different major gigs coming up and uh, heading out on the road. Hope to see some of you out there. We've got uh, next week on Wednesday, I will be in Sacramento, California at the State House for a debate on Proposition 64. Not between me and the cops or the drug rehabs or the drug testers or the prison guards or big pharma or the alcohol industry or anybody else that wants to keep marijuana illegal. No, no, no. I'm, I'm debating pot smokers who want to keep marijuana illegal. That's right. Kevin Saunders and Letitia Pepper will be on the opposite side of myself and Dale Schaefer, who served five years in prison in California where marijuana is medical. And he was following the law. So I think their point that Prop 215 is good enough will be wasted on him. But anyway, we're going to be debating them uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time at the uh, Capitol. And we'll be representing the side of uh, reason, logic, and compassion. 
I'll try to stream that for you. I, I can't guarantee it. I don't know what we'll have as far as uh, uh, strength of signal and so forth, but I think we'll be able to pull it off, so I'll keep you posted. Then we've got, uh, for, for those of you who want to go to it, I won't be there, but uh, that, that weekend, uh, 7th and 8th, is the uh, High Times Halloween Cannabis Cup going on at the National Orange Center in San Bernardino. I won't be making that one. Because the following week, I've got a gig. Uh, October 13th and 14th, I will be at the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia. And we will stream from the ICBC and have all sorts of great guests. Tommy Chong will be keynoting and appearing at the VIP party. I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk to him as well. That's happening in the middle of October. So beginning of October, I go to Sacramento. Middle of October, off to uh, Vancouver, BC. And then at the end of October... For those of you on the East Coast, I'll be appearing Halloween weekend, Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th at the Virginia Cannabis Conference in Richmond, Virginia. It'll be my second time headed back to Virginia and looking forward to it. Always a good time with the East Coast activists. And if you want more information on where I'll be and what I'm doing, you can always just email me. I'm easy to get a hold of. I'm Radical Russ on everything. Literally everything. Radical Russ at Gmail. Radical Russ Twitter Facebook, Pinterest, SoundCloud, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, I don't know, whatever else they got out there that's got a username, I'm Radical Russ on it, and uh, you can always get in touch with me. Love discussing the topics of the day with our fans here. Thanks for making the Russ Belville Show and Cannabis Radio everything that it is, and remember to join us on Tuesday, November 8th for Cannabis Election Night, Marijuana Election Night. Damn it, they're infecting me now. Marijuana Election Night 2016, MJ Election Night hashtag. On Election Night, 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. to midnight Eastern, we're covering all the states that are legalizing or medicalizing marijuana, interviewing various activists that are running for office, speaking with the campaign headquarters and spokespeople at the watch parties, and we've got some celebrity guests that will be joining us. Real celebrities. <laughs> Making me even more nervous, thanks. <laughs> Stay tuned, we'll be right back with a look at the Brangelina breakup. Speaking of celebrities. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Washington, it has passed. Uh, the, uh, the news organizations are calling it. Tell everybody in the red states how great legal weed is. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to legal weed here in the state of Oregon.
It's the Russ Belville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We have to bring back law and order. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. Ar, ar, ar. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. I am thrilled at the idea of Argusville, North Dakota, having medical marijuana next year. It's just amazing the election we got coming up with five states voting on legalization, four states voting on medical. And the medical votes, I mean, Florida, yeah, I mean, you'd expect Florida to be a state that's going to push for medical, being that's got a lot of seniors and it's a huge market and people are politically active and got millionaire support and so forth. But to see these initiatives get on the ballot in Arkansas and North Dakota just warms my heart. Just loving it. To get a, a foothold in the South, because Florida is not really the South. I mean, the farther north you go, the more South it is. But <laughs> you'll, you'll understand if you've been to Florida. But uh, the South, you know, we're not. Florida doesn't usually count, right? We usually think of you know Alabama, Mississippi, that type of South, right? So to have Arkansas plant a foothold right there, smack dab in the South, and then to have North Dakota hitting up there in the in the in the upper Midwest. Boy, the medical marijuana fight is just about over, ain't it? I mean, as far as, you know, it being difficult to get past a legislature or voters. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how Arkansas does. It's real close right now. It's uh, it's got two amendments or two initiatives, I should say. The amendments getting 49 percent support. The initiative, the act is getting 39 percent support, which is unfortunate because the act is better. It's the one that has some home grow and has more conditions. But what we think of an initiative doesn't matter. It's what the voters think. And Arkansas voters are conservative. They're conservative religious folks. And if they're not going to support home grow and they're not going to support expansive conditionless, then what do you do? And this becomes more difficult as time goes on as far as trying to figure out what are the deal breakers for us. When it comes to initiatives and supporting them or even promulgating them in the first place, MPP, of course, has been the masters at this cost benefit analysis to our detriment at times and also unnecessarily, I believe, at times. Um, But, you know, you can't measure that very well. Like like I always complain about MPP putting that uh, 25 mile grow halo in Arizona 
so that the medical patients couldn't grow if they lived within 25 miles of the uh, dispensary. And that's resulted in 97% of the patients there in Arizona living somewhere where they have to buy from the dispensary. And, and for me, what was really galling about that is to have MPP and other reformers cheerleading for Arizona's legalization or medical in 2010. Was it 2010 they passed that? I think it was. Cheering for that when it had this mechanism that enforced a monopoly or enforced a market capture, let's say, or at the very least forced clientele into the medical marijuana dispensaries, into the dispensary owners' waiting arms. This was a unprecedented step at the time. None of the other medical marijuana states had had this halo sort of thing built into them. But everybody went along with it. Everybody's like, well, you know, hey, we did some polling and uh, Arizona, they're not cool with home grow. So what we're going to do is we're going to put this thing, this halo in here. And and, and it, nobody was, well, I, I shouldn't say nobody because I don't know everybody. But to my knowledge, people weren't busted up by that. They weren't upset by that. They weren't, you know, saying, no, this is absolutely, it's not true medical marijuana. We must vote against it. It must be opposed. No, when it's medical, that was all cool. Oh, we're giving we're giving a market to a bunch of business people. We're helping rich people get richer. We're ensuring their market capture by denying alternative sources for patients. I mean, Andrew Myers, the MPP, when I asked him about it, actually said, we're doing this to make the dispensaries viable to give them a market. That was okay. That was all cool. Everybody in reform supported that. Everybody thought that was hunky-dory. And then 2015 comes along and Ohio's got legalization on the ballot that writes into the legalization stipulations that guarantee a business profit for the investors in the initiative. Oh, no, everybody, MPP hated that and all the reformers hated that. That's terrible. How could you guarantee? How could you write in such corruption? How could you countenance such a blatant grab for profits by the industry? Right. Like what happened in Arizona. Like what's happening now in Nevada. The legalization that MPPs put forth in Nevada has that same execrable halo. This one's 25 miles away from a retail pot shop. You can't grow. Also, MPP in Nevada cut in the liquor distributors, cut in the liquor industry by guaranteeing the liquor, the cannabis distribution licenses to the existing liquor distributors. I, okay. So I guess it just depends. It just depends on who wrote the initiative, whose initiative it is, as to whether or not regulatory giveaways to the business side are evil or not. And since MPP didn't write that Ohio initiative, maybe that's, maybe that's why the business giveaway was so evil. Maybe business giveaways are only evil when they're given away to businesses that don't support you or donate to your particular cause. It'd be interesting to do the, uh, to do the uh, sleuthing on 
cross-referencing donations to MPP with the people who ended up being licensed and benefiting from that regulatory capture. It'd be an interesting, interesting thing to look up, I think. Because isn't that what we were complaining about in Ohio? Oh, the people behind this initiative, these investors behind this initiative that are ponying up the money that it takes to get the signatures and to pass it on the ballot, why they're writing themselves some benefit. Well, how did that not happen in Arizona or is not happening now in Nevada? And for that matter, it's happening in Arkansas with the uh, uh, issue seven which does allow some home grow, and I do prefer it, but even it has this 20-mile halo. If you live more than 20 miles away, then maybe we'll let you grow. North Dakota has the same damn halo. This one's a 40-mile halo in North Dakota. If you live 40 miles away from any sort of dispensary, then, then maybe we'll let you grow. And you still have to apply, and we have to, you have to prove you have a hardship. You have to prove that driving four, 80 miles round trip to get your medicine is somehow a hardship in North Dakota or in Arkansas. You're going to have to prove that a 40 mile round trip for you is somehow a hardship just to be able to grow the cannabis plants that you've been approved for to use as medicine. If Arizona had never set that precedent about that 25 mile halo, would be would we be seeing halos in some of these other laws? If the first time a legalization or a medical plan proposed a halo, it got shot down, would that have incentivized the subsequent legalization plans or medical plans to not have said halo? You can't know. These are just open questions. There's, it's like Dr. Mitch says on the, the psychosis things. It's not like you can randomly assign half of the states to try it one way and half of the states to try it another way and then compare. It's just there's not enough data to make a super informed decision on this. It's questions. It's ethics. It's things we've got to start thinking about. What will be our line in the sand what will be our litmus test our deal breaker when it comes to reform at this point i'm at the point now where west of the mississippi it's got to have home grow come on now it's got to have home grow but how could i oppose north dakota or arkansas passing medical marijuana even if it didn't have home grow. That's the dilemma we find ourselves in. It's actually, we actually find ourselves hoist on our own petard. We started medical marijuana 20 years ago by turning to the electorate and saying, how dare you? How could you look at these sick people and throw them into a cage for smoking pot? You monster. You awful degenerate human being. How could, what sort of compassion? Don't you have any compassion for these people? That was used. We use that as a leverage. We use that as emotional and political leverage to be able to get medical marijuana passed. Well, now it's getting used against us. Now we advocates who say, well, wait a minute, there's no home grow. Well, wait a minute. Uh, your condition lists are too small. Well, now they look at us and go, what kind of person are you? How could you not support legalization for patients? How could you let these patients go without 
And then we look like the assholes if we're against it, right? This is where it's going to get sticky in the next few states, the next few years that try to pass these things as to what is the arc? Which direction are we going? Are the marijuana laws going to become more and more and more liberal? Or are they going to get more and more ratcheted down? Is the pharmaceutical industry going to take over most of the medical cannabis market once they start getting their FDA drugs approved? Is the recreational market going to be pushed more toward state-run monopolies rather than for-profit models? Legalization has just started. We got decades before we fully achieve liberty. Well, I frickin' done! Ha ha ha! All right. That sound means it's 4.20 here in the Pacific Time Zone. Time for our union-mandated safety briefing. We want to make sure you're safe. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about that, uh, that story on Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie when we return. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Our daughter Rebecca could have a seizure at any given time that could take her life. When you have 200 seizures a day, she gets so scared. I've learned a lot about the benefits of medical marijuana in the treatment of intractable epilepsy in children. We feel her saying to us, Mom, Dad, Help me. when is this going to stop? Why don't you, my parents who love me, do something? And we can't. Please help us help our daughter. Our daughter Rebecca needs all options for medical marijuana, so please vote yes on Amendment 2. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Could be Russia, but it could also be China. It could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? Okay. Maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. Hope you're feeling safer. I know I am. We're getting into the uh, we're getting into the celebrity news here. 
we've been uh, briefly covering or watching the the high-profile divorce of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Now, the latest on this is that Brad Pitt has undergone voluntary drug testing for the Department of Children and Family Services. This is People Magazine is confirming this. Uh, Los Angeles County's uh, Department of Children and Family Services is investigating him for an alleged incident of child abuse. And this child abuse allegedly took place uh, on an airplane, on their private plane, uh, where he got physically or verbally abusive and physical with their 15-year-old Maddox, uh, according to Angelina Jolie. Um, And that prompted her to immediately file for divorce, questioning his parenting techniques and his consumption of marijuana and alcohol. Now, a source uh, tells people that Brad Pitt says, quote, he takes the matter very seriously and says he did not commit any abuse of his children. It's unfortunate that people involved are continuing to present him in the worst possible light. The uh, divorce requests uh, from Jolie requests uh, the full physical custody of their six kids, full custody. And um, Brad Pitt's statement says, quote, I am very saddened by this, but what matters most now is the well-being of our kids. I kindly ask the press to give them the space they deserve during this challenging time. So the drug testing part, something that's pretty standard in these cases in these questions of parental abuse. But what bothers me about this, of course, is Angelina Jolie trying to make some point that Brad Pitt's marijuana use is somehow making him an unfit father. The alcohol abuse, maybe, I'd be more likely to buy. But it seems more to me that Angelina Jolie just doesn't like pot smoking or pot smokers this surprised a friend of mine who thought who said oh, you thought i thought she'd be cool with it and and indeed back in her wild child days she was you know her her uh, uh billy bob thornton days you know blood vile days uh she was quite the wild child and she was quite the party animal i think she's one of these people though that have you know you know a lot of these right where they're the wild child girl back in the day but once they become a mom Oh, God, the whole thing switches and they uh, like they they Jekyll and Hyde. They suddenly become prohibitionist as hell. We see it in the polls. We see it whenever we poll people on legalization, that saddle, that little dip that happens during the childbearing years, especially among women. And we see that gender gap, seven to 15 point gender gap between women's support for legalization and men's support for legalization. So I really think this. Her, her comments about the pot, about the marijuana, are more the fact that she doesn't like it than it's really causing any harm to the kids. Now, we don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is an abusive kind of guy. Maybe, maybe those kids really did suffer in some way. This is all for the courts and, and people to figure it out. But what bothers me is that the drug testing and any results that might show a positive for marijuana will be used against him take his kids away it'll be a contributing factor because it's an illegal drug and and i just i just hate that i i hate this notion that we're going to use that as something to determine someone should lose 
six valuable relationships or at least severely alter those relationships for the rest of everybody's lives that are involved in this. Smoking pot does not make you a bad parent. Smoking pot should not be a consideration as to whether or not you have decent parenting skills. It's only because of the stereotyping and the disinformation we had about marijuana and its users for the past eight decades that people even bring this up. So I'm really, I just, I hate this aspect of our child protective services system. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to need to be looked at and modified, especially as more and more states legalize. Now, some of the states that are legalizing are addressing this. They've put it in their initiatives that child custody shall not be affected by the sole determination that someone is a cannabis consumer. It's in California's Prop 64, but only for medical marijuana patients, which is a little weird. (laughs) If you're going to put it in there, put it in there for everyone. But okay, it's a start. A couple of the other states, too are uh, protecting parental rights, parental visitation, parental custody from being infringed upon solely for one's marijuana use. And then there's other states. Then there's the red states, the prohibition states, where just an anonymous tip from a coworker who smelled marijuana on your person can lead to family services Tearing apart your family, taking your kids away from you. Of course, the most high-profile case right now, the Shona Banda case out there in Garden City, Kansas, where this woman's facing decades, a couple decades in prison because her kid corrected a, a school presentation, a class presentation on marijuana that was calling it marijuana, and he said, it's called cannabis. And uh, that... That raised some attention and uh, authorities investigated and interrogated him for a couple hours with his mom not present. And next thing you know, she's busted for the cannabis oil in her house that she uses to treat her Crohn's disease. She's sitting in jail and she may lose custody of her kid. Her kid may grow up. Kid may be 30, 35 years old before she's getting out of prison because she wanted to treat herself with a non-toxic herb. 75 miles away from where it's legal. It's these cases that I think of every time I have to listen to one of these stoners against legalization telling me this legalization is not good enough. We can get a better deal in two years or four years. Maybe we could. Maybe there is a better deal if we wait. Is that worth the families that get busted up in the meantime? The growers that go to prison, the medical marijuana dispensaries and and caregivers, even now in California, who get busted and have to go to trial. There is no morally defensible excuse for opposing marijuana legalization on the ballot this year in any of these states. None. There is no wait till next year or it'll be better next time. That doesn't cut it. No more. We're not going to sit back and let people continue to be treated as criminals, have their property seized, their families broken up, their lives ruined. Because you don't think 
the law is quite good enough yet. These changes take time and they take multiple coordinated steps and decades of dedicated effort to make lasting change happen. Think about all the major sociological change we've experienced in the lifetime of America. Civil rights movement, gay rights movement, women's rights movements. This didn't happen overnight. We passed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, was it? And racism was solved. And blacks were completely equal. And there were never any problems after that. No! Pass the Emancipation Proclamation because it was as good as you could get it at, at that time. And then you keep fighting to make it better. You didn't have people standing up and saying, no, 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 no. We don't want this Emancipation Proclamation. It's not true freedom. Why? There'll still be sharecropping and Jim Crow laws and, and cultural mores against looking at white women. We can't pass this. We, we need to be slaves for a little while longer until the better, true Emancipation comes along. <coughs> didn't hear a lot of that. We passed the right for women to vote in 1920, wasn't it? 1920? And sexism was over and women were equals. No, we got what we could at the time and we continue to improve it. Gay rights movement. Oh, the Supreme Court has decided that gay marriage is legal. And now there's complete equality. No, there's still a long way to go. I think among some people, they have had a belief, a hope, a dream, a fantasy, if you will, that what marijuana legalization would be was that here we are growing weed and we're harvesting it and we're doing so without regulations or taxation or inspections or oversight or anything where we're just free to grow the weed and then we'll harvest it and we'll bag it up and we'll sell it to people again with no sales taxes or regulations or oversight. And we'll sell it to them for a 10,000% markup on what it costs to manufacture. Or I don't know if that's the actual markup, but an exorbitant markup on what it costs to manufacture. Hell, uh, Jorge Cervantes tell me uh, you can get, uh, if we had major outdoor uh, cultivation and large scale growing, the economy of scale would allow us to produce an ounce of cannabis uh, flour at about 12 bucks, 10 bucks production cost. So maybe I'm not too far off with the 1,000, 2,000, 3,000% markup. But they thought that's what it'd be. We'd, we'd be growing our plants, no hassles. We'd be selling our, our product, no hassles. And we'd get massive profit for it, no hassles. And then one day we'd pass legalization and it would be exactly like that, except cops couldn't bust us anymore. I think that's what really a lot of these people thought legalization would be. They thought that we'd wake up one day and everything would be just like it is now. Everybody'd still be making huge bank without any interference or taxes or inspections or regulations. And the cops would just go away. Sorry, that's not the way it's going to happen. You legalize a commodity, it is subject to the same economies of scale, the same laws of supply and demand, the same sorts of business regulations and inspections and red tape and hassles that every other commodity suffers. Why did they think 
cannabis would be any different than grapes. I, I don't know. I don't know why they did. But for those people, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get the magic bullet. Everything changes in one fell swoop to be as perfect as you'd like it to be. And even if it did, even if you did get that ultimate treat it like tomatoes free market kind of thing, the prices are still going to crash once it's legalized. The only thing keeping those prices so high is the risk of arrest and asset forfeiture. The costs that are baked in to the cost of cannabis, the growers out there that plant 10 illegal grows because they know five of them will get raided. Those costs, those add up. No, folks, legalization is a process that's going to be taking place for the rest of my lifetime and beyond. It's something that's going to be honed and polished and chiseled away at until it gets better and better. We will strive for a more perfect union. We will strive for more perfect legalization. We're not going to get it all at once. Stay tuned. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. Author Catherine Hiller and her great new book, Just Say Yes, Marijuana Memoir. So I love the way you use time in the memoir. I started at the present time, and I described a visit to my dealer, and then I would go backward in time so that every chapter starts a little bit earlier. I do not feel that marijuana has in any way harmed my life. It certainly hasn't led me to the streets. It's led me to a more joyful life experience. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I want you to be very happy. It's very important to me. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. 
Friday coming. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Beautiful day out here in legal potland, Oregon. Got some more stories to cover here in this segment, just kind of a potpourri, if you will. Reason is reporting on the story of Charlo Green. And, uh, of course, you know Charlo. Uh, she was the one who quit on air in Alaska. She was a television anchor in Alaska and said, fuck it, I quit. And uh, gained tons of publicity on that viral video of her quitting on air and the response afterwards, the fact that she was running the Alaska Cannabis Club and was giving up this media career in favor of jumping into the green rush. It was a huge story back in 2014. Well, now the Guardian is reporting how she is facing a possible two dozen years in prison for her operation up there in Alaska. Uh, it's the Alaska Cannabis Club. And, and again, this we're talking your, your BYOB type cannabis clubs. People are bringing their own and sharing with others who uh, it's a, allegedly legal in Alaska, right? But law enforcement in Alaska conducted six undercover purchases and two raids of the club. Uh, that gave uh, them what they needed to put the charges on her. She's facing eight drug-related charges that could range up to 24 years in prison. Charlo calls it a modern-day lynching. Eh, I don't know about that. I, it's a little heavy on the uh, a little heavy on the rhetoric there. I don't know if that comparison is valid, but she says, "Quote." Uh, oh no, this is her sister who says, "Quote: The fact that they were watching us for so long, I felt kind of violated. I was really just heartbroken. I never assumed it would go this far." The uh, club was raided, armed uh, police coming in and pointing their guns at uh, her family and the people working there and shopping there. So now she's facing these two dozen years in prison. And, of course, people are a little questioning of this, considering that, look, the state voted to legalize and they voted to legalize in 2014 and you're busting her for stuff that went into effect on, Fe you know, legalization went into effect in February of 2015. You're busting her for stuff that uh, should, well, is going to be legal with a license soon. So, so why the heavy hand? Why such a draconian punishment? Well, the uh, Alaska Attorney General's office wouldn't talk about it, but the director of Alaska's Alcohol and Marijuana Control Office, Cynthia Franklin, said that she was targeted because they started before the state imposed regulations on marijuana, saying, quote, these people got ahead and said, we're not going to wait, end quote. So for jumping in early to do something that's legal or going to be legal or is legal, but just hasn't been regulated yet. You want her to face two dozen years in prison? Here in Oregon, when we passed our legalization, we had our, our, our prosecuting attorneys, almost all of them saying, look, we're not going to be busting people for stuff that's just going to be legal in six months. What's the point? Well, apparently the point in Alaska is to railroad this woman, to take her down a notch, 
to reduce her exposure as a celebrity to bring attention to Alaska. Put her away, lock her up, keep her quiet. What's the point behind that? Now, the other thing about this story that's kind of tragic. Usually, when you're setting up your business, your operation, you set it up with some sort of corporation. S-Corp, LLC, something like that. Because of corporate liability. Uh, You set up these corporations and it makes it so that the corporation, this fictional entity, is what's responsible for the wrongdoing if any wrongdoing occurs. Not you personally. The corporation is. Now, if you're in charge of that corporation, your CEO, hypothetically, your corporation doing bad things could lead to charges against you. It doesn't because this is America, right? We don't bust CEOs, but it could happen. But in Charlo's case, the charges in Alaska, the attorney general points out that she's registered as a sole proprietorship. And according to them, by that legal doctrine, Alaska Cannabis Club is Charlo Green. And everything Alaska that happened bad in Alaska Cannabis Club, even if Charlo Green was not involved in the transactions, which she wasn't, she wasn't there selling people weed or giving people weed. Her employees or volunteers or whatever they are, I, I don't know, but the people working there handled those transactions in the name of the club. And had it been a corporate entity, that's the corporation would be charged. She'd lose a license or whatever. But since she's a sole proprietor, legally speaking, Alaska Cannabis Club is just a DBA doing business as for Charlo Green. Which her real name is Charlene Egby, by the way. And so that's why she's hung up on this, quote, modern day lynching, end quote. It's like, Charlo, you don't want to be lynched. Don't give him a rope. So it's a sad story. I don't want to. Nobody wants to see her go to prison. I don't want to see anybody go to prison over marijuana charges, especially in a state that's legalized it. But it looks like they're going to try to make an example of her up in Alaska. We'll keep you posted on this, let you know how this turns out. Another story I wanted to bring up comes to us from CBS in the Bay Area, San Francisco, California, where Prop 64 is on the ballot and it's getting widespread support, 60% in the polls, looking like, you know, really likely to pass. So you know that the uh, prohibitionists out there and their enablers in the media need to start ramping up the scare. We got to start freaking out a little bit. Oh, my God. Pot could be legal. There'll be zombies roaming the streets. So um, this is a new poll that's out. KPIX Survey USA say 52% support Prop 64 with 41% opposed. That's, that's rather low on the, uh, in the polls that I've seen recently. We found other polls that are, like I said, as high as 60, but we haven't seen any lower than 52, like this one. So it's looking like it's going to pass. And the new scare now, we already talked, talked to you about you know Tatum's toker terrorists, right? The new scare now, though, is pot poisoned pets. No, not the pot poisoned pets. 
Yes, poisoned pets by pot. That's that's why we need to keep locking up adults who grow cannabis. That's why we need to keep ticketing adults that use cannabis. That's why we need to keep the sales on the black market. That's why we need to just keep abusing a medical excuse system for permission slips. We don't want the dogs to get sick. <laughs> they spoke to Dr. Carl Jandry. Uh, this is out of, again, CBS Local in San Francisco. He's the Associate Professor of Clinical Surgical Radiological Services at UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. He says, quote, Dogs can die from this. It's uncommon, but it's possible. We see probably one a week, but some of my colleagues in private practice in the Bay Area may see more like one or two a day. It's a little unclear what he's saying there. Is he saying they see one or two dogs die a day? Or are they saying they see one or two dogs brought into their poison centers or their veterinary centers one or two times a day? And uncommonly, they then die. That's probably what he meant, right? The way this is written out, though, it makes it sound like they're seeing one or two dogs die a day from pot, and that's just not true. So kind of, again, it's that, it's that iffy grammar that ends up in these stories sometimes where you're like, uh, what do they mean? According to the Pet Poison Hotline, in the past five years, there's been a 330% increase in dogs accidentally poisoned by marijuana. Now, before I get too deep into this story, let me first just add the little disclaimer that it is bad for your dog, and it's not pleasant, and it really sucks. Uh, I had a little dog once that got into some pot. Little uh, 18-pound, maybe 15-pound uh, skipper key dog. Got into a little bag. Got in, I think it was an edible he got into. And yeah, he, he, was, he was standing still on all fours, but trembling and drooling uncontrollably out of his well out of his mouth obviously duh that's where you drool uh (laughs) and 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 had this weird kind of frightened look in his eyes and stuff it was not pleasant for the poor little guy and and it uh, it was really scary for us watching this happen this woman irene uh who's the owner of an eight and a half year old poodle who ate some marijuana tells cbs quote It was horrifying. He looked like he was having a stroke. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't hold his head up. He couldn't get up at all. His tongue was drooling out of his head, and he looked terrible. It was terrifying. And so they brought him in, and uh, they took care of the dog. But uh, this scare about the dogs or the pets getting in to the edibles is the same as the scare about the kids getting into the edibles and it just goes back to adult responsibility keep the edibles out of reach of kids and pets just like you'd keep your oxycontin your pistol your dildo your pornography your alcohol your smokes out of the reach of kids and pets too to me the fact that Accidents happen and some people are irresponsible is not a valid reason to continue criminalizing people who are responsible. The vast majority of us who are responsible. This pet poisoning scare is just the latest 
hype that we're getting from the other side about a danger that exists, but is a very much smaller danger than they make it out to be and irrelevant to the discussion of people's civil rights. I'm sure that if we lowered the nationwide speed limit to 40 miles an hour, we'd save thousands of lives. But we'd give up. The trade-off would be the efficiency of driving fast, the freedom of getting places at a reasonable time. There's trade-offs in life. And the trade-off for fewer dogs eating pot cookies being locking human beings in cages is not a valid trade-off. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and wind things up here for our hour two with some data on the drug testing industry. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Dear Mom, when I was in college, I used to drink a lot. It was kind of crazy. But now that I'm older, I prefer to use marijuana. It's less harmful to my body. I don't get hungover. And honestly, I feel safer around marijuana users. I hope this makes sense. But if not, let's talk. I love you. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. She doesn't have the look. She doesn't have the stamina. To be president of this country, you need tremendous stamina. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. 
Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. (coughs) Or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, folks, just uh, winding things up here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. Just a couple of minutes before we close up shop. And uh, I'm getting some responses on Twitter here. Uh, I've been tweeting out Gary Johnson's uh, Aleppo moment, right? So Gary Johnson, uh, the first gap he had is he didn't know what the city of Aleppo was in Syria. I didn't either, but... I'm not trying to be the president who would control foreign policy. Uh, well, he followed that up yesterday on Hardball with Chris Matthews, uh, asked him, you know, name a foreign leader that he uh, respects, and he couldn't name one. Now, he had thought of one. He had thought of Vincente Fox, but he couldn't remember his name. And that's fine. We all have a brain fart. That's no big deal. The thing is not him being unable to name or remember the name of an elected official. The thing is how he puts his foot in his mouth and then says, hey, look, everybody, my foot's in my mouth. <laughs> he, he reacted by saying, I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment. And that's problematic because, number one, you just created the hashtag to make your mistake go viral. And number two, Aleppo moment. Aleppo is a city that is wrought with destruction and, and refugees and terror and just the worst of the human experience. It'd be like saying an Auschwitz moment or a or Darfur moment or a w- Rwanda moment, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't make light of those things and you shouldn't make light of Aleppo. <laughs> so I'm getting responses back on Twitter. We're saying, well, yeah, that might be a gaffe, but at least you didn't drop bombs on foreign countries like Hillary. At least you didn't, you know, right. And, and you've got a point. I agree. It's, it's ridiculous how we amplify some verbal missteps in politics more than we, care about the actual acts that some people take i will grant you that point but bitching about how the game is played and how the refs are calling it is the loser's excuse when you're running for president you have to be a well-spoken intelligent person who casts the air of gravitas not someone who comes off as goofy and and making funny noises and sticking their tongue out and and Creating their own viral hashtags for their fuck ups. <laughs> That's not presidential. I feel bad for the libertarians. You got this unprecedented window of opportunity with the two worst candidates ever nominated. The best shot libertarians have had to break through. And you put the wrong guy at the top of the ticket. If this was Weld Johnson and it was Bill Weld being talking to, Bill Weld brings that seriousness, that gravitas that people take seriously, and the Libertarians might have a better chance. But they went with Goofy Gary. And the easily attacked uh, relationship with the marijuana industry. They're all the political cartoons are making fun of the gaff now, like he smoked pot, and that's the problem. <sighs> anyway, that's all the time we got for today. Join us tomorrow. 
With more news and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You're growing, you're giant, you're rolling, you're smoking. You take a seed, you plant it, you're